Hey, welcome to Story on the Spot. We're all giggling because Craig just showed up about two seconds before we went live, and he is. Can I? Who, who showed up? Who was that? Colonel uh, Bird's Eyes. Let's put him in solo layout. There's Colonel. He looks like he's about to go ice fishing. I'm doing that right now. <laughs> hey, so welcome to Story on the Spot. I'm Jim Heskett. Going right over there is Mr. Ari McGee. All the way through RA is Nick Thacker over there. It says Pogs and I Crack. Down there is Kevin Tumlinson and Colonel Burnside's Heart. And we will be right back after our introduction. So, uh, Colonel Burnsides, welcome to the show. Uh, <laughs> can you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Our first time guest, Colonel Burnsides. Oh, sure. <laughs> well, it's in this uh, place called Townville, and that's where I made my name for myself, you see. <laughs> Prospecting. Uh, I was kicked uh, dishonorably discharged from the uh, U.S. Army back in 1864. And uh, so I decided to set my sights on becoming rich out in the gold fields out west and hadn't gotten there yet, but it's only a matter of time. Well, great. Hey, thanks for coming on the show, uh, yeah. Colonel Burnsides. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's yeah. just a little jealous that Ric Flair got so much attention last time. <laughs> that, and also I got so much crap for not having a beard, I decided to grow one real quick. That's what it is, man. I love it, dude. I love it. It's amazing. So this is episode 29 of Story on the Spot, the world's first and only thriller fiction improv game show. And last week was Craig, who unfortunately couldn't be here with us today. Um, was oh, wait. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What just happened? <laughs> hey, ladies and gentlemen, Craig is here after all. Yes, Craig, you won. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you very much. You did it. Craig, do you want to give a speech? You have about 15 oh. seconds to thank sure. the little people. Well, yes. I, I can't top RA last week. No, that was too good. So I'm just going to say thank you very much and uh, wise choices. Keep, keep going. <laughs> All right. So, hey, if you're watching at home, here's what you are going to do. Uh, we're going to do two or three or four different rounds today, and each round is based on a story prompt. You're going to watch each of these authors pitch an idea, vote by comment which one you like, and then next week you'll tune in to see the winner. And in between, go to storyonthespot.live. And Lisa Badger says, hello, or boys. Or use this handy QR code up in the upper right corner. Yeah, if you're watching on your desktop, just take out your phone and point your camera at that uh, that weird black and yellow thing at the top, right? Uh, Daniel also <laughs> wants to yellow, say hello black from Argentina. And yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. Yes. Um, all right. All right, we ready to go? Uh, we got a bonus word. Today's bonus word is persnickety, which is a noun placing too much emphasis on trivial or minor details. Fussy. Is that a, that? No, that's an adjective. That's not a noun, right? A persnickety person. It's an adjective. You wouldn't be a a persnicket. Yes. It's a, <laughs> I get my I get my persnickety about on. your definition of persnickety. <laughs> I am being persnickety about my definition of persnickety. Thank you, Kevin. You're such a persnickety. 
<laughs> I think okay, I, here... I think we all deserve a bonus point. <laughs> bonus points all the way around for everybody. A round of bonus points. Ooh, Here's our a, first story. A link round. This is called Name, Rank, and Serial Number. A woman who would not leave a St. Petersburg, Florida mobile state gas station was arrested for trespassing. But that's not the weird part. Melinda Lynn Garcia, 33, was also charged with providing a false name to law enforcement after she repeatedly said her name was, my butt just farted. Officers were familiar with Garcia from a series of arrests over several years, and her last name is tattooed on her back, so they noted she may have been under the influence of alcohol or drugs. It's it's Florida. Maybe she was sober. <laughs> so who would like to be the first among you to tackle this name, rank, and serial number pitch and invent a story about it? Oh, I forgot we had to do this part. Yes, this is part of the show, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is happening in St. Pete's, uh, St. Pete's Beach, Florida, uh, which everyone, everyone in the other community knows is the home of Novelist Inc., uh, the uh, the conference where all the uh, authors gather every year and get very, very drunk. Um, and so I think what's happened here is this is an author who has gotten a little too happy, uh, a little too free to drink, uh, but she accidentally stumbled into something she wasn't prepared for. So it, uh, while she was trying to make her way back to one of the uh, presentations, she actually interrupted a meeting of a, of a couple of international spies, uh, and she overheard them say that the password is my, my butt just farted, uh, and that would keep them safe. Uh, so she, you know, they, and they, they, they made sure to, to emphasize that if you don't use the password correctly, the passphrase correctly, uh, you'll be shot on sight. So when she encounters the police in her drunken state, she feels threatened. And so she just keeps repeating the phrase, hoping that she can survive the night. Uh, unbeknownst to her, though, she's being overheard by the other side, the other spies, who now think she's one of them. And they're about to uh, take out all these officers and abduct her uh, and, and uh, get her out of the country. Because what the, uh, the whole setup here was... They were trying to get a uh, exiled princess out of the United States, uh, away from her handlers, so that they could return her to power uh, in a foreign country. So she's inadvertently become the princess of a nation. Thank you, Kevin Tomlinson. <laughs> Who wants to be second? <laughs> Name, rank, get, and serial number. I didn't get to use persnickety, though, damn it. No, I was waiting damn for it. Damn it all the hell. I was so primed, too. All right, well... <laughs> But I thought it was down, so I didn't know how to work it in. Okay. All right, I'll go if, if uh, no one else is, is teed up. Uh, RA is ready. So I think that our uh, – our uh, her name is Melanie, right? Melanie Garcia, is that right? Mm, Melinda. Melinda. Sorry, That's Melinda. Um, so I think that Melinda um, – you know, they, the – the space program has a few different locations where they do stuff, obviously, you know, Cape Canaveral and things like that. But, you know, there's a, a there's some space stations in, in Florida. And so, you know, they under the guise of working on like rocket propulsion and all these advanced mathematical theorems, um, 
you know, the CIA, if you guys are familiar with Operation Paperclip, it's after uh, World War II when the CIA brought in a lot of Nazi uh, scientists. Um, and those Nazis are the ones that actually helped uh, get our space program off the ground. So one of the things that they did was they didn't just use uh, the Nazis for their uh, jet propulsion and physics and aerodynamics. They were also bringing in uh, the people that were experimenting on people. And so uh, that's a dark side of NASA's past that they don't really talk about. Well, they've managed to shunt some of their research off to the Florida uh the Florida, uh, you know, Space Coast. And so Melinda was, you know, a second generation uh, uh, victim of experimentation right, and genetic modification. And so she has always been, uh, you know, trapped in a bunker underground and she's experimented on. And, you know, in very much the same way, it's, it's left her with powers. OK, it's left her with the power to fly. All right. But in very much the same way that you don't train like uh, an attack German shepherd with really common phrases because someone could accidentally set them off. Uh, Melinda's phrase to trigger her flight is my butt just farted, right? Because they knew there's really no way someone's going to accidentally say that, you know, in, in mixed company at least. And so I think that Melinda is having a hard time dealing with uh, the fact that she's been experimented on and she is legitimately an addict now trying to get those memories of the past out of the way. And so when the cops encounter her, you know, all she wants to do is get out of there. And all she can say is, you know, my, my butt just farted, my butt just farted. And she's hoping that her powers kick in and just shoot her into the sky. But she can't say it with the right inflection because she's too toasty. And so that's why she's stuck on the ground, just telling the cops that her butt farted. So, Thank you, Ari McGee. I love that you guys are taking this really, really silly prompt and making it into very serious. <laughs> uh, let me put this back up here. Okay. And so we've got Nick and Craig remaining. <laughs> Tell right. us a story about the hey, what, woman. Who's that mug? That mug you just drank out of, Nick. Oh, I thought maybe you'd made a, a Sots mug after all that we talked about and I wanted one. Okay. Um, well, you know, that's on my list. I'll, I'll definitely get to that. So this is a pretty heartwarming story, actually. And it shows the kinder side of a lot of our intelligence agencies. They get a lot of crap these days, but they do have a, a softer, kinder side. And... Um, you know, they have tests that you have to take to get into the academy and whatnot. You have to pass an IQ test. And there were a lot of people, like myself included, like, well, what about us dumb people? We can't, you know, this doesn't seem fair. We can't get into the agency. So, like, you know, what we're going to do is going to set up an agency that's just for, for dumb spies. And, you know, they do fun things like go around and try to come up with ways to make people itchy from a long distance or, or just confuse them in an innocent sort of way, just, just to have a good time. But because we're so dumb, um, we have to have a way to remember what agency we even belong for, where, who we're working for and all that kind of stuff. And it's called, uh, to my butt just farted. It's an acronym for, <laughs> or I can't even remember what it was. I'm so, that's how dumb I am. Moron baddies just for fun. See? <laughs> and, uh, so, 
and the and the catchphrase for us to remember is my butt just farted because that's something that all of us dumb people can remember and so what she's doing she's trying to tell the cops who she works for so that they'll let her go but of course we're too dumb to actually understand that the cops don't know they just think she's being crazy and drunk um but yeah it's just it's another dumb person out trying to to do good in the world and it comes back to haunt them somehow. It happens to us all the time, a lot more than people think. And I think raising awareness this way is a really good thing. And I appreciate you, you know, breaking the news on your show. Not many people are willing to talk about it in the mainstream media. So thank you. Thank you, Jim. Thank all of you. Absolutely. This show is all about um, breaking new ground. <laughs> and when, apparently. Wow. Hey, oh. All right. Okay. Well, okay. 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 Nick, you can't do worse than that. that, But I'm gonna I'm gonna try to top that. We'll see. I think though. (laughs) I think you can clearly, clearly a situation of a secret organization uh, based in Florida that is working on a new kind of chemical warfare. Um, and they've uh, they've developed a serum that um, essentially renders people completely helpless and they can do experiments on them and all that, and they're uh, basically they've discovered the last um, the last compound to be able to make this serum um, aerosolized and like they can make a lot of quantity of it. So they can now put it over a city and render everybody just sort of uh, zombie mode for a while while they go kill them or do whatever to them. Um, and she was um, a, a chemist. She's a, a professional chemist. And what she actually realized what they were doing and decided she wanted to try to stop them while well, she failed and she ended up becoming um, one of the last, you know, patients that they were going to experiment on. Um, they tattooed uh, her name on her back to make sure that, you know, she was patient, you know, Garcia, that everyone would know who she was while they were experimenting. Um, still, though, she broke out and she makes it only one block before people start, you know, looking at this like, crazy, um, crazed, almost nearly naked woman with, you know, her name tattooed on her back and. And she's just clearly on, on some kind of drug. Nobody knows what she is, but she's in Florida. So they assume she's on drugs, she's drunk, whatever. Um, strangely, nobody assumes that she's a professional chemist um, who's been you know detained by a secret organization. But that's exactly what happened. And so she runs into the gas station um, trying to get help and, of course, gets the cops called on her. And she knows that you know the cops are basically in bed with this organization and she'll just go right back to them if they actually detain her. So she's trying to tell people the secret of this whole thing um, so that they can try to stop it because she's just realized um, that, that if, if she comes up with a mnemonic device, um, then maybe somebody will remember it. And when this stuff starts happening, she knows she's, she's a goner. She's going to go back into the, into the, you know, basic prison or whatever um, and get, you know, um, killed probably that day. So she needs somebody to remember. And so the way she comes up with it is my butt just farted, um, which is the chemical compound for, the um, the serum, which is molybdenum, yttrium, boron, uranium, tantalum, uh, fluoron, argon, tellurium, and deuterium. And she realizes that, uh, dun, 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 I know, right? It's a little persnickety. I had to go research that. But um, the, the the secret was that fluorine, which is extremely reactive. I, I, I didn't, re- I mean, I knew all this. This was just basic eighth grade chemistry. Um, fluorine wants to react with everything. And so they, what, what her company found out last minute was that the fluorine, um, it's just fluorine that they need in there. The not fluorine that's reacted with something else. And it's really difficult to get it in that, in that um, environment without reacting with something else. Um, because, you know, it's apparently it's the most electronegative element, right? So it's extremely re- reactive. Um, and so just fluorine is the answer. So it becomes 
just fluorine. My butt just farted. And that's the, the whole chemical compound. Very nice. Thank you, Nick. But as the resident dumb person, I understood none of that. <laughs> that's okay, Craig. You just sit there and keep on being pretty. That's why we like you. That okay. Velvet voice. <laughs> Here is our second story. So if you are watching, go and leave us a comment down below which of those uh, four pitches you like the best. Round two, Mouse House Assault Thwarted. And I was we were expecting Dave Barron's to be here today, and I know he just went to Disney World, so I picked up the story for him. Last minute um, uh, tennis lesson, he said. Ah, uh, what a jerk. It sounds to me like an excuse. I mean, stupid day job. Last minute tennis lessons. Last month, as a healthcare worker checked visitors' temperatures at Disney World, she noticed a woman removing something from her stroller and placing it in the bushes outside the entrance to the park. The woman then proceeded through the checkpoint and into the park. The witness alerted authorities who found a purse and inside a handgun. The woman told the officer the purse was hers, but threw her six-year-old son under the bus. I told my son to hold it for me and stand right here. I didn't know he put it down, and I didn't know he left it over here. Unfortunately for the woman, security cameras captured her planting the purse in the bushes. So this woman uh, realizes she's about to take a gun into Disney World, goes and hides her purse. Maybe, maybe that's what's happening. Who wants to be the first to uh, pitch us a story based on this prompt? I will do, unless somebody else has something burning they want to do. <clears throat> Is anyone else burning? Yes, but it's not the stories. <laughs> I think there's a cream you can get for that. <laughs> I'm looking for one on Amazon right now, man. <laughs> All, right, All Craig, right, go ahead. So the dark part of the story is that she literally threw her son under the bus. It wasn't a form of speech. The, the good news is that it wasn't actually her son, but a very small person. And it was <laughs> very... But in a... <laughs> An adult and a very small adult. Um, and yes, I don't consider children people because I have two and they're clearly, clearly not. But no, the, the point was they were at, at there to commit an assassination. Um, and the small assistant uh, was going to the plan was to rat her out because they're from two competing spy organizations. <laughs> and I'm now realizing that I should have waited around because I don't have the second part of the story worked out. But as they're going into the into the theme park, the woman realizes, you know what? I I forgot. I brought my actual gun. And what she meant to bring was her, the gun she'd invented in her basement <laughs> laboratory, which is made <laughs> from from a material that cannot be seen by the human eye. And she's like, All crap! The I, I know. I I brought the wrong one. And so she tries to throw it into the into the bushes, but. The little guy says, you know what? This is my chance to get my revenge on that agency. They've been warring for years. I'm sick and tired of, of having the spy awards go to them. We, we lose out every year. And so what I'm going to do is throw her under the bus. And he says, you know what? I'm going to throw you under the bus, meaning it figuratively. And the woman's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to throw you under the bus. Picks him up under the bus. He goes and she gets away with it free and clear. And once again, they win the award. But uh, and. and of course, this, the cops are going to spin it this way because the story, as I've just told it to you, the true version is much too dark for for normal people to, uh, to hear and understand. And the only reason I was allowed to tell it here is because we have all come up with stories much darker than this in the past, and we can handle it. Thanks, Craig. 
And I regret that entire here. tale. <laughs> Too late. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who's going to be next? <clears throat> I can go. If nobody's, if nobody's got something, I can go. Okay. All right, all so right, what, do you got? what I think that we're dealing with here is a kind of a, kind of a, a high pressure situation. I think that this woman actually has uh, two children. Okay. And while they were preparing for their trip to Disney, one of her children was abducted. All right. And so, you know, she was just terrified, you know, called the cops they couldn't find the kid. No one knows where he is. And she, you know, understandably calls off the trip to, to Disney well, she gets a phone call in the middle of the night and it says, you know, you have to take this trip. You have to go to Disney and you have to bring a gun. And when you get to the entrance, you have to place the gun in this bushes and then don't ask any more questions. That's it. You know, and if you do that, you'll get your kid back. And so, you know, she's thinks it's crazy, but she doesn't call the cops because, you know, she thinks that that could incite whoever's on the other end of the line to, you know, do something uh, uh, terrible to her missing child. So she follows direction. She goes to Disney. Um, you know, she's kind of nervous. You know what I mean? Most people don't carry guns near or around Disney. So she's uh, uh, uncomfortable and she's a little sketchy, uh, but she does what she can do. She takes the gun and she, she sets it in the bag and she puts it down by the bush and she kind of walks away. Well, what the Cops don't what the story doesn't really tell you because Disney didn't want to incite a, a panic was that when they went to retrieve the bag, there was actually nothing there. Right. They couldn't find it. And so they don't know really what she put down there. And the reason is because this was a drop. All right. And underneath the bush, there was a trap door and the trap door opened up and the person reached up, took the gun and they were going to use that entryway tunnel that the employees use to get into Disney uh, to assassinate Mickey Mouse. Okay. And at the end of the story, the twist is, is that we find out who was behind the whole thing, who was behind the gun and the assassination attempt and kidnapping her child. And it was Mr. Six from Six Flags. He was tired of Disney <laughs> taking all the amusement park business. So he got himself a heater and he was taking an attack on the mouse. And, you know, it remains to be seen whether it worked or not. So. <laughs> yeah, that's Six Flags Disney rivalry. They thought it was over, but Six Flags was not done. <laughs> no, nope, no. Nope. They, they send one of us to the hospital. We put two of theirs in the morgue. <laughs> <laughs> you put us out of business. Sandusky comes back for you. <laughs> All right, Kevin, it's down to you, I think. I think everyone uh, else is gone. I don't know. Hmm. Nick, you haven't gone yet. Sure. No, that's down to Kevin. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I can go. Kevin, do you want me to go? You, you ready, or you want me to go? Sure. No, I have no idea what I'm going to do with this. <laughs> all right. Well, it'll be good for you to end with uh, your soon-to-be amazing story. Then can't wait. <laughs> uh, all right. So what we've got here, uh, it's similar, similar to what what Ari is talking about. Um, we've got a rival. Um, 
uh, it turns out that all the all the theme park um, ride designers are organized into like gangs. You know, it used to be unionized, but now it's just pretty much like gangs. Um, and all the all the guys who build roller coasters are um, at the throats of all the guys and gals who build these new virtual roller coaster things, like the the old uh, Star Tours ride. Uh, and I think it was Barons that was saying they kind of upgraded it now, and it's like this whole experience. And you're not even moving, but you feel like you are. Um, the roller coaster guys they hate that crap, right? Because it's it's not a real ride. Um, and so, you know, with Disney, of course, being the uh, cutting edge that they are, they, they went and hired this, this other gang to go build a virtual ride in their theme park and the roller coaster gang is all up in arms about it. And they want, they want a, a way to make sure that no one goes on that ride so that that gang goes out of business. Um, they've come up with a pretty clever way of doing it. Um, due to COVID-19, uh, they know that everyone's taking their temperatures at every, every place you go to. And so they've, um, they've developed a little time, time, a little kind of, um, it looks like a pistol, but it's it's just a temperature thing, um, or so it seems. What it's actually doing is it is Im- implanting a tiny little uh, little little like heater, essentially, right in the the, the top of the, the skull. It just you can't even see it. Don't even know it's there. You can't even feel it. Can't see it. Um, and everyone who gets zapped by it um, can then later be controlled. Essentially, uh, their their internal body heat can be controlled uh, remotely. And so anyone who goes toward this virtual ride. Uh, there's a guy outside the park that's just going <laughs> and he jacks up the temperature of anybody walking in there uh, and they get a headache and they're like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm going to leave. And pretty soon, you know, after a few days of this, they're like, what's something going on with this ride? Man, everyone going in here is getting sick, getting headaches. Uh, and it's a long term. It's a long term plan. Right. But, you know, the Disney statisticians are watching it and trying to figure out, you know, if no one's going on this ride. It's giving people headaches or something wrong with it. We can't you know, be putting these in here anymore. And then the long term play is that the, the roller coaster gang wins. Brutal. <laughs> All right, Kevin, it's down to you, my friend. Okay. This is one of my favorite things. It's a it's not real. It's all a distraction. So the idea was uh she would get caught on purpose and this gun would get everyone's attention uh so it would put all the attention on her and she would make up some ridiculous excuse for it. Some ridiculous story so that people would stand around gawking unbelieving uh and with good reason because she's lying her whole plan is she's actually the uh the sort of point on an invasion of disney world so while everyone's paying attention to her uh, a a group of people have now snuck into magic kingdom and uh they are packing they've got a vest full of explosives c4 and other things uh, so that they can go to strategic places as suicide bombers so that they can perpetrate one of the biggest terrorist hits on the United States in U.S. history. So this is all about distracting from the bad guys who are going and doing their bad guy stuff. Nice. Thanks, Kevin. Okay. And they got persnickety now- about it. And they mm. got persnickety about it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not giving you that one. <laughs> Okay, quick little intermission. Anyone have anything to promote real quick? Nobody got any. Jeez, don't you people ever promote stuff? How come we, like three weeks in a row you guys are dead silent in this part? I have I have 50 plus books available for sale at major retailers. That's a lot. <laughs> um, Did you write them or you just get rid of old, old stuff? I didn't say they were my books. 
Oh, yeah, the secondhand store. I went to a I've got the whole Berenstain Bears collection up for sale on eBay. <laughs> all those old left behind books available for sale on Amazon. I have something SOTS related to promote. Did you know that if you ask your Echo device to play Story on the Spot podcast, she can? You just what? say, Alexa. Here, I'm just going to make a bunch of people mad. Alexa, play what Story on the Spot podcast. Is this? Oh, nope. It all, all ten of the Alexas in the ceiling are going off. <laughs> hey, that one Alexa that somebody owns started playing. Uh, all right, so we're coming up at a half hour, so <laughs> let's do one more round, but we'll make this one quick. This will be a speed round. Ooh, I don't um, know what that means. This is <clears throat> that title is from last week. <laughs> it means if you're not if you're not on speed, you're never going to win this round. <laughs> I'll be right back. I actually i'm going to pretend that i did that on purpose and you guys to figure out why it's stories related to meth veterinary research researchers at the university of helsinki have been testing whether dogs can sniff out covid and the good news they can with almost 100 percent accuracy a dog could save so so many lives researchers said a pilot program at the helsinki airport is having travelers wipe their wrists or neck with a cloth which the trained dogs then sniff they can identify the virus up to five days before any symptoms appear. Researchers said travelers have been eager to participate, waiting up to an hour in line. And this one's pretty topical. We try to stay away from that. But this story kind of felt hopeful. So I wanted to see what bizarre, strange, depraved ways you authors could take this story. So who wants to go first? I'm trying to figure out what they're wiping on their wrists or neck. I think they're just like wiping sweat. They're just wiping them there. So they're not shoving their wrist into the dog's face. They're like wiping they're it with like, COVID. Like, and then the dog's like, oh, that was not COVID. <laughs> Would you mind infecting yourself real quick? We know a dog does train. This dog is 100% accurate. And who knew? Oh. Well, that's that's the dark part of the story. They are forcing people to, to get COVID so they can train their dogs there. Hmm. Ouch. Speed round done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Craig. Who's next? You're welcome. <laughs> Turns out Send there was COVID fast. on the dog's nose. <laughs> <laughs> the dog already had the COVID the whole time. <laughs> he didn't even know. <laughs> it's everywhere. Um, already you look uh, the most. They're biotagging these people as they go through. This is the, it's a ruse so that they can track individual people uh, as they move around the world. So. They're actually that's kind of getting, going, uh, yeah. yeah, a sort of radioactive uh, isotope and just wiping it on dogs are trained to just react or not react on a uh, sort of uh, visual cue for the owner from the trainer. Uh, so if they if they need to pull someone aside and uh, search, get an excuse to actually uh, detain them, they have that excuse. So this is all about tracking them globally. Nice. Thanks, Kevin. All well, right, what do you think? Serious. I think that's what this actually is. is what I... <laughs> so, um, All right, what do you think is going think, on? I think that uh, the researchers at the University of, of Helsinki, you know, they're veterinary research researchers, and um, they're not a lot of awesome animals indigenous to Finland. You know what I mean? It's not mm -hmm. like uh, it's not like in America where we've got like charismatic like 
mega fauna everywhere. Like Finland doesn't really have stuff like that. So they don't really like tiny get ears, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, so they don't really get a chance to to really do much of anything. And so they've been taking up these slots at the university, you know, and they've got tenure, right? And they make a bunch of money. And, you know, so the university is like, listen, you guys aren't really doing anything. So we're going to fire you pretty soon. Well, the researchers don't want to be fired, obviously. So they go, well, like, what can we do to secure our jobs and make sure that we never get fired? You know, and there's the old adage that, the bigger the lie, the easier it is to sell to people. So they say, we can train dogs to smell COVID. And everybody believes them. And so what they do is they just randomly have the dog sniff the, the cloth and go, yeah, yeah, alert to that one. And the dog barks and they go, oh, you got COVID. Here's some remdesivir. You're okay. You're good to go. But in reality, the dogs can't smell COVID. The researchers are full of it. And they're just trying to make sure they keep their gravy train rolling. Hmm despicable <laughs> all right all right um so here's what's going none, on um, none of us a... trust these dogs apparently the dogs are good the dogs yeah. are always good the dogs are great it's the people right it's always the people's problem so in my story the dog's the hero because come on damn it they're dogs um and the poor dog doesn't know what they're doing but yeah this isn't this is this is totally just a ruse um this is actually a eugenics program um, that uh, Helsinki is kind of getting behind, and they're trying to. Uh, the first phase of this of this of this eugenics program is to get everyone in their country the right um, the right race, nationality, color of the skin, all the all the bad stuff that they want. You know, to just they want to kind of shelter. They're going to go under an iron curtain basically, and so the first phase is kicking out anyone who they don't want in there. And so um, what the story doesn't mention is that this whole uh, this whole pilot program happens after the people have gone through the first part of security checkpoint where they check their ID, passport, whatever. So they already know who you are um, at that point. And if you're from the wrong country or if you're from the wrong, um, you know, race or nationality or anything that they don't want, then they come and they rub you up with some COVID. And then the dog walks over and is like, Oh, smells like COVID. And you know, of course doggo did a good job because they smelled COVID that they just rubbed on their wrists. So he's basically got a bucket with COVID rags and a bucket with like just water rags. And he just chooses one depending on who they want in their country. And that's, I mean, it's pretty simple. So, by the way, smells like COVID is the Nirvana song you didn't hear about in the, uh, in the nineties <laughs> hmm. and that's might a make title. a good episode title. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, but interestingly today too, stories have veered into Nazism, which is an interesting sort of health check for the show, I think. Hmm. You got to get there <laughs> once in a while. You know what I mean? <laughs> we have really wide-ranging topics. Yeah. I, I, I think it would be fun if the if the, uh, the little wipes actually infect you with something that makes you a Nazi. Now we got a story. Mm. Mm. Craig, do you want another crack at it? No, I'm not too persnickety. Oh. Pers- you guys, that's fine. Wow. <laughs> Just gave him a free a free free bonus point. No, that's that's not gonna happen. That's how good your story was, Greg. He wanted to give you a second chance. <laughs> All right, everyone. We want to thank you for watching and make sure that you go to storyonthespot.live because you can see um Kevin Tomlinson's website there where he has those 50 Berenstain books up for sale on eBay. You want to get uh the trick is to bid early. 
and then just bid again right before the auction ends, and you can win <laughs> Kevin's parents' stain pairs. And, and we can debate whether it's whether it's Berenstein or Berenstein. All all you want. You know this? Nelson Mandela died. Is there a no. lot of debate? That's part Nelson of the Mandela auction. You don't know the Mandela. Nelson That's Mandela part of the eBay person. auction. If if you win, Kevin will uh, set up a Skype appointment and debate you, Berenstein versus Stain. No, I will come to your house. I will come to your house and I will wipe you down with a wipe, and then we will talk about Berenstein versus Berenstein. There was a movie named Kazam. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next week. Bye. See ya. <laughs>